Welcome back to Behind the Space Bar, Episode 7, Overcoming Stage Right. Hey everybody, this is Will Doggett, and uh, thanks so much for coming back, joining me again. If this is your first time, then welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, this is the podcast for music directors, musicians, playback techs, anyone running tracks on stage in Ableton Live or any other software, but most of us, I think, are Ableton folks. Uh, but we're so glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm super thankful for all the kind comments you guys have shared about these episodes. I do have a favor up at the top. If you're enjoying it, do me a favor. Do two things for me. Number one, uh, send the link to someone that you think would enjoy this and say, hey, check out this podcast. Podcast, I think you would enjoy it. Number two, leave me a rating review wherever you're watching, listening, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, Spotify, uh, unless you've pulled your music from Spotify or, or protesting Spotify, um, then uh, then leave me a rating review wherever that is, wherever you're not currently protesting or um, uh, hooting and hollering about something. Uh, today's episode is, um, is really about one thing, and I've got one suggestion. Uh, typically, Week to week, I've got a couple different points, whatever. Uh, today's episode, I really want to talk about overcoming stage fright. And this is something that um, all of us in whatever capacity that we are serving on stage as a guitar player, as a front man, a, a front lady, uh, a uh, playback tech standing off stage. I think you experience stage fright as well, too. I know I have. Um, um, but even someone that's standing on stage, a CEO presenting, I don't know how many CEOs we have listening to this podcast. If you're a CEO Listen to this podcast, give me a like thumbs up or let me know in a, the comments or something. You don't have to say what you're the CEO of, but uh, I just would be interested to know. It'd be interesting uh, demographic uh, information there. But um, even someone presenting on stage, giving a keynote, you have experienced stage fright. Uh, even in the world, just coming off of uh, two years of, of doing tons and tons of Zoom calls and meetings. And for me, uh, doing sales presentations to people over Zoom and meeting with clients and doing trainings. Um, you can even get a little bit of stage fright, I think, you know, sitting in your office at home, in your studio at home or whatever. We've all felt stage fright. We've experienced that feeling. I know for me, uh, again, I felt it on stage as a guitar player. I think I've told the story before of uh, uh, some of the the major mess ups and mistakes I've made as as a guitar player on stage and hitting wrong chords and hitting key changes that were hole and a half key changes. And I thought it was just a whole step key change and uh, nothing like playing a, a chord while everyone else is in the key of B flat. So uh, I've had some fun mess up moments um, and some fun moments of feeling nervous, being in a stadium full of people, being in a very small club uh, full of people. Uh, and I've had stage right moments of standing um, off stage, running tracks and my finger hovering over space bar, hoping and praying I don't make a mistake or start the song too early or cut off the, the, the artist or worship leader I'm working with by starting to click too soon, right? And you kind of get the evil eyes as they look over at you. I think we all know the feeling of stage fright. Um, I know for me, I I think, and for the most part, it's gone away, but it just is a little different, right? You know, it's not like, and maybe me saying for the most part, it's gone away is a bad way. It's just morphed and it's changed and it's shifted a little bit. I think one of the most recent times I can think of was being at, uh, and this was a while ago, but one of the more recent kind of bigger moments of, um, of noticeable nervousness or stage fright for me was uh, being on stage at Sweetwater in Sweetwater in Fort Wayne, Indiana. If you've never been there, man, it's such a cool place to visit. It really is like Disney World for musicians. Um, uh, they've got a cafe you can eat at. You can you can play putt putt. You can go to their music store, which is really really cool. <clears throat> you can see where they ship out gear. Um, all sorts of really really cool things, and uh, just a cool place to be. So I'm at Sweetwater though, and I'm there with the company I was working with at the time, and uh, we were partnering with Ableton. 
And uh, we were doing a, I believe it was a Monday sales meeting, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was a Friday, but it was a sales uh, meeting and presentation to the sales engineers there. And kind of going into it, uh, we were warned. We said, listen, these, these, uh, this group of people, they are ruthless. Like They will sense that you don't know your stuff and they'll call you on it. Because these are subject matter experts, they know their stuff, um, and and I, I really think they do know their stuff really well. But they said, you know, you got to be prepared, you got to be ready. And so I just remember walking into that and kind of having this feeling of like, well, um, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be invited to be here if someone, at least one person, didn't believe I have the skills and ability to be doing this. And so I'm like, uh, you know, I've got to trust that I do have the skills and abilities. Uh, and it ended up being a really great meeting. And afterwards you get like ratings and reviews. And and um, my presentation was was uh, rated highly, which I was super thankful for that. And it did also help that <clears throat> uh, someone asked a question, which I answered and they kind of said, oh, that's not possible. And I said, oh, actually, it is possible. I have the piece of gear that you guys sell that, you know, back over side stage to talk about that. And so I was prepared, which was great. Uh, and that was super helpful. But I just remember walking into that and, you know, literally walking up the, the short flight of stairs to the stage. And it's not that I didn't feel stage, right? It was just a different feeling than when I first started playing guitar, stepping on stage. Uh, that was at my church at that time in, in middle school, but stepping on stage and it was, you know, a small group of 50 people or whatever, uh, and just being terrified out of my mind. Uh, it was a different feeling, but it, it, it was still there. So I think all of us um, have stage fright in some capacity. What I wanted to talk about today is I want to tell you a story um, of uh, something that I've kind of held on to for um uh, since this story happened, this story happened in Florida, and I'll set this up for you, uh, that I have found to be a really great solution for really two things, stage fright, and then two, that that uh, that feeling you get when, uh, which I think is is part of stage fright, of you being afraid to make a mistake. You're so terrified you're going to make a mistake, um, and, and you're struggling with that. Maybe you made a giant mistake in the past, uh, or you're working with this artist, that artist told you not to start the track until they you know, give you two winks and a pull of the ear, and uh, and you started the track at the the one pull of the ear, um, or you weren't able to read that worship leader's mind when they wanted to repeat the course five times as opposed to four. Um, and so you're super nervous. This is a story that happened that I want to tell you that I think will be a really great solution to stage right. I, I, there's a lot more I could say here. Um, I would love to know in the comments, anything you found that helps you, uh, you know, maybe it's like the what is it when you you're, you speak, you get the advice to picture everyone in their underwear or whatever, which is really weird, bizarre, I think bad advice. But if that works for you, then then so be it. Uh, I don't know if that gets this podcast an explicit rating now because I said underwear, but um, uh, maybe that's your thing. Maybe that helps you. I'd love to know in the comments, but um, let me dive into the story. So for those of you who don't know, um, for almost about five years, uh, my wife and I lived in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, I was on staff at a church there, and it was a large enough church that we also had, um, uh, I mean, they had a K through uh, 12th grade, like a full school. <clears throat> but after that school, they had a, um, a, a school of worship. So it was like a two-year program that was really intense, and it was just all focused on people that are wanting to do music in a church capacity. And so sometimes that was a worship leader, sometimes that was like a musician, a church musician. We had some incredibly, incredibly talented kids um, that, that came through the program while I was there that were worship leaders, songwriters, musicians, um, uh, production folks, uh, producers, just all sorts of different types of, of, of students that came through. But while I was there, 
in Florida, working at that school of worship, as well as being on staff of the church, uh, one of my goals was to to lead uh, a particular band. So we kind of split everyone up into different bands. And so I was leading a band. On top of that, I was in charge of the guitar department there. Uh, at the time, was teaching guitar lessons and developing guitar curriculum and stuff. It was really, really super fun. Um, for a guy who doesn't really play guitar live anymore, it, it just reminded me like it's it was we had a we had a lot of fun, a lot of good times. Um, but at the school, one of the years I was there, there was this really sweet guy, really sweet student named David. And uh, David was a guitar player. And uh, David came in. He was you know, super shy. Like you could tell, very kind, really sweet kid. Um, had great gear. Uh, you could tell he had great sensibilities. Um, he was a good player. He really was a good player. Um, but he would... Um, it was always just kind of missing something like there was a little missing piece there. And so um, what I started noticing when I was watching him play, it was always kind of like he was a little reserved. Right. And um, it was, again, it was always like, it was hard to put your finger on exactly what was missing there, but he, he had tons of potential. Uh, and sometimes you say that as like someone who was bad and you're like, they could be good. David was, was good, but it just, something was missing there. And so I was um, leading his ensemble was also, I think he was my guitar, particular guitar student. I can't remember exactly, but leading the guitar program at that time as well too. And so um, one of these days, uh, or I, I kept observing these performances, right? Where he would he would play and we'd be in a rehearsal scenario or he'd actually play on stage. And again, it always just felt like he was holding back. It always felt like there was something that was, was missing there. And so one day we're in a rehearsal and um, it's like just kind of in that moment, I, I, I sensed what was going on and I realized he was so afraid of making a mistake that he just was holding back, right? He was so afraid of, he could potentially make a, a bad mistake. He could hit a wrong chord. He could be a fret off uh, from where he needed to be um, that he just was constantly holding back. And it's one of those things where when you think about it, instead of a moment of not being great. Like, you know, let's say you're like really giving it your all and then you hit a, a, you know, you just really screw up a chord. It's like, I always think of you two at the, um, I don't know if it was the MTV music awards, the Grammys or whatever, but it was when they were doing beautiful day. And at the very end, it's just really the edge and tracks. And the edge was like, I think supposed to play a D or something. And he's like C sharp or a C and Bono kind of looks over at him. The edge is like, you know, it's one of those moments. Like you have this big uh, giant mistake, um, well, in that moment, you, you make a, you know, for a brief moment in time, you make a big giant mistake, but the whole rest of it was great. Well, instead of that, he was saying, I'm so afraid of making this giant big mistake. I'm going to make the whole performance mediocre and just okay. So it's like, when you think about it, let's talk about these two scenarios. There's scenario one where, uh, everything is, is really good except for this one moment, this very brief moment in time as opposed to scenario two, where there's no really big, awful moment, but it's just all pretty mediocre and, and it's all pretty boring and all pretty uninspiring and all pretty not great. Um, he was holding back, right? He was so afraid of making a mistake. And I think that's tied into stage right uh, because you're, you're so afraid of what if I say the wrong thing? And particularly in a world where 
um, uh, you know, you say the wrong thing and you get canceled or you get shut down or you offend somebody and you're always going to offend somebody, uh, whatever it is, like you're so afraid of saying, doing this thing that, that you kind of hold back and in holding back, you're making the whole thing pretty mediocre. And in holding back, I, I think you're actually setting yourself up more for the possibility of a mistake than if you just went for it. So in that moment, I, I told David, I think maybe one of the only three wise things I've ever come up with or said in my life, but I said, David, if you're going to make a mistake, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make the loudest mistake you've ever made in your life, right? I want you to go for it. I want you just to dive in. I want you to play with so much passion, so much energy, uh, so much um, uh, creativity, so much, uh, I mean, passion is the big word that keeps going to mind, but just like you're in the moment, you're enjoying it. And I want you to do that so much that if you were to make a mistake, that mistake would be amplified to where it's the loudest mistake in the whole band. No one's going to miss it. Everyone's going to know David played a wrong note. David hit the wrong chord. And so it was interesting. He started doing that. And in that rehearsal, um, almost immediately, I started to see this change to where he was kind of just, you know, taking a deep breath. Um, he's having fun. He, he's playing the part. He's enjoying it. He's adding to the music. And yeah, there were some mistakes in there. And I, I think I got mad at him because he kind of started pulling back after that mistake. But I said, no, I want the next mistake to be louder than the previous mistake, right? I want you to go for it. But what's, what's really interesting about what David did is he became like the most in-demand player at, at the school that year, you know? And I think he, he stuck around for a second year too. And it was a similar experience. Like every campus, every venue was finding to have David come play guitar for him because he became a really incredible guitar player. He had great tone, great feel, state, great stage presence. Um, but he was no longer afraid of making a mistake and he just went for it. And because he went for it, he went for it 100% of the time instead of uh, being so afraid of not going too far that he held back 100% of the time. And so I was thinking about that when this, this topic came up as a potential topic to discuss. The thought of stage right it doesn't necessarily go away. It just changes its form. It changes its shape to us. Uh, and I thought this is a great story because um, I think what we need to do is um, uh, play in a way. Uh, this is going to sound silly because this is a podcast about running tracks, but even um, create our track systems in a way, uh, run tracks in a way, run tracks with, with such confidence that, uh, and the confidence can only come with putting in the time with knowing your stuff, with being prepared. I mean, that could be a whole nother episode. Again, this could be like a six part thing, but it all comes down to me, uh, of, of not holding back, not being so nervous, not so afraid that you're going to make a mistake that you basically make the whole performance miserable for everyone, miserable for the band that's playing with you, miserable for the, the audience that's watching the performance. Um, um, instead of holding back the whole time, I want you to go for it. I want you to make the loudest mistake you've ever made. If you're going to make a mistake, I, I want it to be the loudest possible mistake uh, that you've ever made. So uh, that's my advice for you. I think one really practical way to overcome stage fright is just to go for it. And if you're going to make a mistake, make it the loudest possible mistake you've ever made. I remember, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. Um, I remember at that in that same time period, we were doing performances with the students there. And we do a big performance um, uh, like twice a year, one for the summer, one for Christmas. And this particular performance was um, highly automated. We had a redundant uh, Ableton rig. We were controlling lights. We were controlling video as well as lyrics and pro presenter. So a lot of stuff was automated. And so um, uh, we would have, you know, I think the first year, maybe second year we did this, 
I did all of it, right? And then we started to transition into me teaching other people to do it and me eventually handing it off fully to other people so that I didn't have to be there for every performance. And if something went wrong, I could hop in and you know maybe help troubleshoot or whatever, but they were really the ones running it. Well, I ended up, I kept catching all of us, including myself towards the beginning, but more the students as we progressed, um, uh, really starting to make mistakes. Like they're like double triggering songs or they're triggering the wrong song or they're so like in their head thinking about it. They had to get out of their head that they were missing things. And so I put a, a, a post-it note, a little sticky note uh, on my computer. I wrote it and the sticky note said, trust the tech. And, and it was just the idea of like, trust that when I press this key button three, it's going to trigger song three. And when I trigger song three, it's going to be the right video and it's going to be the right lyrics and it's going to be the whatever, the right tracks for that song, the right click. Um, and the reason I did that is again, I sensed in all of us, uh, me initially, and then eventually the students, I just sensed that we were holding back and in us holding back, we were making mistakes because we weren't thinking our head wasn't in the moment. And so it kind of came back then again, we're not playing guitar on stage, but um, we just got to go for it. And if we're going to make a mistake, I want it to be the biggest, most worst mistake you've ever seen. And then we move on and we learn from it. Right. So that's what I've got for you this week um, on episode seven of behind the space bar talking about overcoming stage fright. Uh, if you want to learn more about using Ableton live, if you want uh, some free resources to help you along the way, uh, then head to from studio to stage.com slash free. Uh, and when you go there, you'll find some free click tracks, free guide cues, uh, <clears throat> a free template. This is pretty recent, a free tracks template for Ableton live that I just released, um, that will help you format, your songs to then use on stage to build a set to use on stage um, that uh, is going to be really, really helpful and beneficial for you if you're using Ableton Live on stage. So don't try to do this on your own. Don't try to spend hours and hours trying to figure it out. Go to fromstudiostage.com slash free. Uh, if you had to guess how much those resources cost, what would you think? If you guessed free, you're correct. So head over there. You could download them for free. There's a lot of great stuff that's going to help you along the process. Uh, and as a reminder, if you're going to make a mistake, make it the loudest mistake you've ever made. Uh, and with that, I'll see you next week, next Monday, 10 a.m. Central. Thanks so much for watching, for listening. Make sure to give us a rating review. Subscribe wherever you're watching, listening to this. And again, we'll see you next week. Make those loud mistakes. See everybody. Bye.